again, and welcome to the Spirit of West Texas podcast, where we are having real conversations with people who live and work in West Texas. This season, we are talking to small business owners and community leaders about their big dreams. They'll share about their challenges, successes, and even offer some helpful hints for keeping the small business dream alive. Listen in. We hope you'll learn something and maybe have a little fun along the way. Well, good morning, Amy. Good morning. Uh, it's nice to be back. <laughs> yes, on this cold day. Very yeah, cold it's a wintry bit chilly day. out there today, isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, we are both honored and elated to have our guest this morning, Calvin Davis, who yes. uh, until now I've only known by uh, reputation. But uh, after y'all's conversation, I've grown to love and admire him even more. He's just a fantastic human being. Yes, I agree. Calvin um, Calvin is the district director of the Small Business Administration's Lubbock West Texas D- District Office. So it's a big title that he has <laughs> yeah. there. The West Texas District Office provides service and assistance to small businesses in 71 West Texas counties. So Calvin's footprint with the SBA stretches far beyond the um, even the footprint that we serve here at First United Bank. So he brings a wealth of knowledge and information to the podcast today. So if you are listening in, I really highly recommend that you take a minute to grab a notepad and a pen or pencil because he has some very valuable insights and some resources that will, without a doubt, help your small business moving forward. Absolutely. Not to mention, Calvin is just a really, really nice guy. So it's an honor to have him here. So uh, what do you say? Let's you want to just dive it. in? Yeah, let's get to it. Let's dive in. Before we get started, I just want to see how it starts out. I'm so in love with you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I was recording that. Now we make it on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Renee, Renee Davis, that was for you. Welcome, Calvin. Thank you so much for being here today. Calvin and his precious wife, Renee, have two beautiful children, and they're extremely active in the Lubbock community. And so we who live here and work in Lubbock are all the better for having Calvin and his wife, Renee, here. So thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure to be here. I know you're um, certainly more uh, appreciative of Renee for being here because she's amazing. She is she's amazing. She's totally amazing. We could do a whole podcast on how amazing she Renee is. Davis is, couldn't we? She is. I'm <laughs> super, super lucky, fortunate, blessed. Yes, yes. Yes, you are. You both are. So, And we're so blessed and fortunate that you're here with us today, Calvin, really. Um, so just let's start off really quickly. For those listeners who might not know, um, how would you sum up the mission of the Small Business Administration? Just in one or two sentences. Sure. No. The mission of SBA is to help and support small business and to promote our economy. And of course, we do it through our lending, contracting, and counseling programs primarily. We also have a big disaster program. So that's primarily what we do. So so we've spent the past few weeks on this podcast talking to small business owners about the challenges that they faced and the hurdles that they overcame in 2020. And I know that no one knows more about those challenges than you and your role at the SBA. So I'm just wondering, in your front row seat, as you will, um, that you had all the craziness this past year, what did you think the most difficult part of 2020 and the Paycheck Protection Program, what did you think was the most difficult part of all of that? Probably getting the rules everybody because they were so different. They changed so regularly. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a federal governmental agency and, and we have two different programs. I mentioned the, the Paycheck Protection. Then there's an the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. That's the SBA's direct loan program. 
And so we're talking about rules that came through the CARES Act initially. And uh, every every day, I don't know if you got involved in this uh, as a banker here, but but uh, Treasury would come up with new rules. SBA would then have to kind of whittle down a bit. And it was it was a, it was a challenge, and so we were we were just trying to make sure that uh, the people that needed it, the small businesses out there, and who, who needed help, uh, got the right information. And we had to keep following up, following up, and that's okay. But it was it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And actually, you you asked, you know, I don't know if it was the same here, if we had anything to do with that. I mean, we absolutely did. And yes. I think that any banker in this in this organization would say the same thing, would echo that, that just the communication of everything. It was just so complex and it changed constantly. So I feel like um, that's probably the same frustration across the board, <laughs> right? No matter where you were seated at the table. Right. Um, so I know that for us at the bank, the, the SBA's peck check, Paycheck Protection Program, um, it did offer a great deal of relief for qualifying small business owners in 2020. And it was really an honor for First United Bank to be able to participate in providing those loans to borrowers then, so that our local economies could remain strong. Um, I know we here at the bank originated $137 million in loans, which we were able to attribute to saving almost 15,000 jobs. I'm just curious. Um, that was the effort on, you know, a lot of people within this, in this organization and the SBA, but what do those numbers look like for you with your 70, within the 71 county district that you serve? It's a good question. And, and you know, we're, we're kind of told not to talk about it. It's, it gets kind of uh, political, but I'm going mm-hmm. to give you this t- kind of general thought. Uh, in Texas, uh, right now, we, we look at the numbers year to date. And, and right now, just since October 1st, that's our, our fiscal year, uh, there, there have been in Texas 317,000 loans uh, over $17.1 billion. Nationally, we're almost at $200 billion, uh, 3.7 million loans. If we look at the CARES Act prior to this new act that came out, $348 billion was given. Texas had a good share of that, o- over $24 billion. In fact, that's not the, the actual number. It was actually a little more than that. Uh, we were the second largest uh, drawer after California of those loans. Currently, and this is a tribute to the great banking community because I'm going to back up. We can't do the PPP loans without the banks. And we thank, we're thank we very thankful for all the lenders. The First United uh, certainly did a, did a stellar job because I talked to many of your, your top folks and loan officers, and, and, and they were working day and night, just like as more than us, actually, uh, making sure that the customers got, got what they wanted. But specifically... Uh, in West Texas, we're talking about between our, our 7A, 504 loans, which weren't as much, but the, but the actual PPP loans, 20, over 27,485 27, year to date in West Texas. And I'm going to guesstimate, and I know this is recorded, but if you look at all the, all the services, the loans, EIDL, PPP, our regular 7A, 504 loans, it's, it's around $3.4 billion uh, uh, within West Texas. And when I say West Texas, we cover a 71-county area. Of course, L- Lubbock being our headquarters, it's the Lubbock West Texas District Office. But we're talking all the panhandle, where you have many branches, I'm sure, uh, all the way down to Big Lake, you know, Permian Basin, below the Permian That's Basin. That's my part of the Texas. There you That's go. where I came from, <laughs> Permian Basin. Right, and then all over to, to Abilene and, and mm-hmm. all the way up. So so we're talking about a big swath of Texas. In fact, uh, we have the largest, that is, there are five Texas SBA offices. We're the largest in area, not not with yes, people. Sir. So it, it's, it's it's quite a quite an accomplishment, though. Um, and, and it's just like, uh, we, we look at all of our lenders, and it's so fun working with our lenders. I, I've lived other places. I'm, I'm born in Oklahoma, 
Sorry, <laughs> live in California. I have to apologize twice, right? Mainly for California, but but I've had a chance to work with uh, lenders and attorneys and others, and and they're good people everywhere. But but none better than West Texas. Yeah. You know, they care about um, our people, all of our people here. You know, that is the spirit of West Texas. Yes. and I yes. mean that's exactly what happened yes. with that program last year. Are you proud? I mean, I know you're proud. Oh, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm proud of our of, yeah. our, of all of us, you know, um, all yes. of our partners. So now we're in the middle of round two of PPP. Well, nearing, maybe not quite the middle, but um, we're well into round two of PPP. So for borrowers who are looking to get a first or second draw loan this round, what mistakes, Calvin, did you see um, some of our small business owners making with round one applications that you think they need to, to try to avoid making with round two? Um, what off, what advice can you offer them this next round? We're seeing that when people are coming back for the second draw, for example, um, there've been a lot of, um, I call them fat finger errors, maybe on the, mm-hmm. um, on, on their, their social or, or tax ID number. Or on their DUNS number, we call it, or the, the NAICS NAICS code numbers. And a lot of lenders are saying, oh, I never knew what that meant. That stands for the North American Industrial Classification System. And that's how we classify, not just we, but the whole government classifies uh, businesses, uh, what what uh, industry that you may be working or may be uh, operating. And uh, sometimes those numbers are a little off. And if there's just one little error, it, it'll send everything back. Mm-hmm. I've got some good news, Amy. I got some good news. Just yeah. got it today, this morning. I was on a conference call. Um, it was it was our national headquarters office. Some of the bankers were on it. There were about probably 4,000 people on this call. But the good news is that SBA is now has now delegated. It's coming out tomorrow morning, the actual notice, delegating back to these lenders, the PPP lenders, the ability to make certain corrections so that you won't have to get held up because many okay. people are being held up on those second draws because there's an error. And there's some errors that, that are problematic because maybe someone went to one bank for the first and then they'll come to another bank for, for the second. And then there may have been a problem with the first bank. They may have held it up for whatever reason. So therefore, there, there are a lot of issues there that will tie it up. And, and still the banks have to work with one another, but it's been easier. They don't have to come to SBA and we have uh, centers that, that do the work with a lot of people in those centers. You know, they don't have to come to us, but certainly to those centers to try to get it done. They can actually work it locally. Okay. Yeah. So it takes out some of that middleman. Yes. Yeah. That's, that is great news. Yes. Tell me also, you know, most small business owners, Calvin, have heard of the Paycheck Protection Program at this point, or I feel like they should have. Mm-hmm. But what other financial assistance programs or non-traditional programs are available through the SBA that they may not know about? Uh, very good. I, I mentioned the other lending programs, which are guaranteed loan programs, uh, the 7A, which is a guaranteed bank loan program, then the 504 program, which is 504 from the Small Business Act, I should say. This is all, I'm talking government ease. I'm sorry, I'm 7A of the Small Business Act, <laughs> but guaranteed loans. The other one, um, and I won't get into the weeds of it, but we have certified development companies all through Texas that actually put this whole thing together where the bank is a combination of the bank. SBA and the borrower comes up with about 10% of it all. But but more so, uh, a lot of people have trouble kind of getting started. Yes. There's a lot of folks out there who say, you know, I, I'd like to get a loan from a bank or one of these entities, but coming up with that initial capital, you know, maybe that ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars that that, you know, as bankers will need for security, of course, I mean to start it. So we have a microloan program. I'm really excited about that, where we have actually licensed micro, micro lenders, provided them with funding. Some of it is a grant and part of it is some of it is actually money that they pay back. 
but they provide these, these loans up to $50,000 to businesses to get started or to, to operate. And we actually have several. One that actually has an office here called People Fund. You can look them up. Uh, Brittany Rivera is our local person, uh, but she's on. they're all on the, the web. So that, that's really one that's local. And there's another one that actually services uh, all of Texas. There's two other ones. Uh, that would be Lift Fund, L-I-F-T-F-U-N-D, Lift Fund. And uh, another one, Axion, A-C-C-I-O-N, Axion, Texas. Those three are, are pretty amazing. And they have done so, such good work in helping microenterprises and small businesses actually get funding. They actually have a program where they, they help train you and they utilize a resource that we have, a free resource through our number one partner. It's called the Small Business Development Center. We fund SBDCs, that's what we call them. You can go on the web, Small Business Development Center. In fact, the Northwest Texas Small Business Development Center is housed within Texas Tech. It's a state, a federal and state partnership uh, funded by both. And Texas is one of the best and strongest uh, entities out there in terms of the SBDCs because the way we're set up and funded. And we have one now, actually the local office. Uh, there's several all over Texas, but there's one at the McDougal building. They just mm-hmm. moved over there. Yes. And that's our partner. We we're kind of work hand in hand. And we're talking about free counseling. Many of the workshops are free. I get involved in doing some of those. Um, our people do. Um, great folks there. Judy Wilhelm is her name. She's the, she's the director of the whole region. And and many times, if, if you have to pay something, it's going to be made mainly for costs. Let's say that it's going to be for a, a, some software or something that, that we're, we're doing. So it's, it's really an awesome program that many people do not take advantage of. And we want to get it out there. I think it's our job to, to promote this. So I thank you for allowing yes. us to, to promote it out there. And I'd say that take advantage, get a business plan done. That's what we, we're experts at getting business plans. And, and um, the, the other uh, mentoring group we have is called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, uh, stands for Service Corps of Retired Executives. That's a misnomer because most of them are not retired mm-hmm. at all. They're actually working people who actually want to give back and to mentor. Calvin, the the small business development center that you mentioned here in Lubbock in the McDougal building is that over right over here on the loop? Yes, it is. Yes, right here on the West Loop. Okay, West Loop. Yeah. Um, I know too for our listeners that are in the Permian Basin or maybe up north in the Panhandle, um, the small business development centers have partnerships with the University of Texas, the Permian Basin, and also West Texas A and M University and and several others. So we will make information about the small business development centers available in the episode notes on our website at spiritofwesttexaspodcast.com. So if you didn't get all that, we'll make it available for you. Um, This this discussion that we're having about the additional resources that the SBA provides, it makes me think of a friend of mine, Calvin, and I think I shared this with you several years ago. Um, I had a a conversation um, in private with a small business owner who's a friend of mine, and she had a little bakery. And I remember being in her bakery one day to pick up some cookies or something. And it's lovely bakery and, you know, delicious product. She was very good at what she did. Um, And she and I started having a conversation about marketing. And I made the comments, people think if you build it, they will come, right? (laughs) I think if you have a, if you're an entrepreneur and you have a dream, you think if I do this, people will come. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, And in her case, she slid a piece of paper across the counter to to me that said, it is really hard um, and then she said, I'm going to put my business up for sale. 
And she slid it across the table for me on a piece of paper because there were other people in the bakery. She didn't want them to hear our conversation. And in that moment, I just thought, oh my gosh, this girl is the best at what she does. She's the best at her craft and she has an amazing dream, but she didn't quite have all the tools in her toolkit to be able to keep that dream alive moving forward. And I think that's what's so valuable about what you bring to the table today um, is just um, making all of the resources and the opportunities for mentorship and for additional training and marketing and, um, and business development and those types of things, you make those available to small business owners out there. So thankful for that. Oh, yes. You mentioned marketing. You're a marketing genius, I know. Oh, yes. But marketing is so important, too. The marketing plan uh, is is huge because you mentioned it. Once you get the business, how are you going to make it work and how are you going to get clients? Uh, And then also the compliance part is really huge because many people need to come to some of our workshops, uh, working with the Workforce Development Group, um, the IRS, working with... Uh, different entities because uh, compliance is really huge. We're finding that's a, another area that, that probably we need to work on uh, with some of our businesses uh, that are already in business that, uh, you know, compliance is, is key. And uh, Amy, I wanted to throw one thing out there. Yes, sir. We're also heavily involved in government contracting. The government has to do uh, so much of their business with, with small businesses. That's the federal government. The state government also has to do it, the state of Texas. Uh, both do a pretty good job, but we help people get certified in, in uh, some of our programs like the, uh, it's called the 8 a set aside It's primarily for disadvantaged businesses, but we also help other businesses. Many businesses out there could do business with the government and uh, there's a hub certification that the state has. Uh, Texas Tech does a pretty good job of that, I think. And so uh, we help people also on that aspect because once you're in business and let's say that you're providing uh, a service or some type of uh, a product, it would be great if you could have a good customer. And I'm going to tell you the the government spends, you know, billions of dollars every year. And most of those, many of those have to go to small businesses. For example, uh, the past several years has been about 30 billion gone to small businesses. Then we're talking about other businesses get many, many more. We're talking another, another 150 billion or more. So it's, it's, uh, it's lucrative and we try to help people to be successful. Yeah. Hey, Calvin, th- that brings me back to something that you mentioned just a minute ago. You brought up a business plan and the value of having a really good business plan. What, I, what do you see in, in your role? People coming in, do they even know how to go about putting a business plan together? And how would you tell them to get started? You see, I, <laughs> that, that's, that's huge. Um, yeah. Because in order to, you know, have, um, have a thought, it has to be, you have to put it in writing. And one thing that I do when I, when I do training and even speeches, I, I, have, I have different pieces, things I use. And one that's kind of common is the plan mm-hmm. and the P in plan. Put pen to paper. That's good. You know, fingers, uh, phalanges to keyboards. You don't use paper. Okay, but whatever. whatever put, your, put, put it on, in writing. I can't read your mind. And then, of course, uh, if you're a spiritual person, you might want to pray, mm-hmm. you know, the other piece. So that, that's one of the first things. You know, I have the other letters to A, you know, listen, learn, lay the groundwork, A, ask questions. And then you have to act on it because some people actually put a plan together. They never act on it. They never truly act on it, you know, so you have to do that. And that end is uh, really never give up. And you may have a plan. You may realize that's not the actual plan I need. You may have to pivot, but never give up on a dream because the dream can vary, but never give up. Yeah, that's good advice. That's a good word. I'm curious, Calvin, what does the small business landscape look like right now? Um, what trends are you seeing in different business models that are succeeding and even thriving during this pandemic? 
Right. And I, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm not an expert, but I can tell you one thing. We all see that, that the, the restaurant business is being hit very hard. Yes, we sir. know that. And, and the models that, that are, that are working, uh, the great takeouts, the, the pizza deliveries, I mean, th- those are, those are thriving very, very well. Uh, what, what I, what we are seeing is that, I mean, it, it depends on where you are because we handle Abilene and other areas is similar in West Texas, but I, but obviously some of the oil service industry, uh, folks are really, uh, coming to us a lot. But what I find very exciting and interesting is that we have such an uptick in people wanting to start a business right now during this pandemic. Good. We're having so many inquiries of people who, I want to get my business plan going. I want to get my business going. Or I want to restart a business that I have. I've, I want to kind of change it up. And, and we're, we're, we're excited because they're understanding that you have to, you know, pivot in your thinking in terms of technology. Uh, everybody's on Zoom and things mm-hmm. like that now. That's right. But you have to really, you know, utilize that technology piece to really make it work. And, and we're, we're, we're evolving in our workshops. In fact, I've talked to our SBDC partners and uh, the way that we're moving things and risk management and, and the way that we're looking at, at technology and teaching uh, is changing. So it's, it's actually, uh, it's, it's exciting, really, that part of it. Um, so I think for small business owners that have just endured 2020 and come out on the other side stronger, maybe plan isn't pencil to paper, but maybe it's pivot. And pivot. then listen, act, and continue to never give up, right? After, yeah. See, I'm writing a book. Hopefully no one steals it. I got several things I'm working on a book. So You are. You heard it here first on the Spirit of West Texas podcast. Calvin Davis is writing a book. Yes. I'd buy it, no doubt. I wanted to ask you, is just is there anything else? I know there's so much that you do with the SBA and through the Small Business Development Centers. Is there anything that we haven't covered today that you would like to make sure that our listeners take away from from this conversation in terms of what resources and what you're able to provide for them. You know, so uh, I've been fortunate to, uh, to have served on other boards, LIDA and SPAG. I just came off those two boards and I'm really excited with the city of Lubbock, uh, what they did to, to work, to help fund uh, a program. Actually, it's over $2 million that, that, that was given out. SPAG actually delivered it. South Plains Association of Government, um, they're a program, they have a program within there called the Caprock Business Finance Center. They're really good at it. And, and other funds were provided. So I, I applaud the city of Lubbock. Other cities in the district have done the same thing, or the region, I should say, have done the same thing, similar things. But Lubbock, I think, has been at the forefront. I, I, I applaud uh, Lubbock for that that part. Uh, there, there are other folks out there doing things. And I, I can't call, recall all of them, but I think between those entities, we need to thank them because uh, they're putting their heads together and looking at maybe some other things to do. Uh, I know that, for example, uh, one example, SPAG uh, applied for an EDA grant, economic development grant from the uh, state of Texas, a uh, pretty big grant, and it'll help the rural areas, which, by the way, about 28% of the, of the uh, funding has gone to the rural banks, rural areas, which is a good thing for us in Lubbock because we are so rural out in West Texas. And I know that SPAG is really pushing that uh, uh, grant. They've got it, and they will then be able to implement it to help the, the rural communities, which um, I'm very excited about that. They do great work. SPAG and, and Lita, I mean, I'm, I'm proud to have been uh, just a, a small part of them because they, they do amazing work. So... For more information on the SPAG and the things that you just shared with us, where yes. is the best place to get information on those things? If, if you go to those the uh, South Plains Association of Governments, uh, government, uh, S, governments uh, website, uh, you will find great information about that. Obviously, if you go to the Lubbock Economic Development Alliance, LIDA, 
and Market Lubbock Inc. there together to their websites, you will be able to find uh, a plethora of great information on both of those websites. And of course, for us, I want to give a plug for SBA, sba.gov forward slash Lubbock. Uh, you can certainly get information or sba.gov period. You can get great information uh, on PPP, Economic Injury Disaster Loan, and uh, even something new that's coming up uh, that's actually out there called the uh, Structured, I'm sorry, Sheltered Venues Operators Grant. Uh, it's also called the Save Our Stages Grant, which uh, will help many of the um, venues that provide live oh, entertainment sure. and performances. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, another big one. That's another example of an industry that was hit really hard, I yes. feel, this last year's performing arts Um I have a little, I have a 10-year-old daughter that was really unhappy that she didn't get to have a few dance recitals this year as a result of COVID. So we had to pivot. We had to plan. (laughs) We had to replan. One thing, I I asked you this yesterday and you shied away from the the question a little bit and I understand why. I understand that every single person that you deal with and every single business that you look at, that they do not look alike and that they're very different, Calvin. Um, but in your experience working with small businesses and not just this past year, but just over the course of your entire career, um, what advice or words of wisdom do you have to share with small business owners as they look forward to what comes next? And it doesn't necessarily have to be so black and white. Just what little tidbit of information or inspiration can you share um, from your experience in working with so many businesses over the years? What, what helps? What works? What do they need? to be successful? Yeah, that's, it is a tough question because every business is totally different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly I, I, you know, I always tell people to, to, you know, always do the, the planning again, you know, replan, plan, replan, and, and, and don't try to encourage every business to not give up uh, because sometimes you do have to take a break. Mm-hmm. You have to then maybe bring in a partner, bring in uh, additional help. And Many times people are afraid to get the, the technical assistance that they need. It's okay. You know, you can't, you can't run the business. I find a lot of people say, hey, you know, I can get my, my spouse to, uh, to do the books. Mm. Well, you know, you're busy. Spouses are pretty busy too. <laughs> and it's kind of like, not go mine. ahead. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell them. Uh, I'm not going to say. Okay. But, but the point is that, you know, sometimes it's okay to, to, to pay a little bit to have a bookkeeper, an accountant. Um, to, to, to help out. And, and we have something called that, that the bell team uh, that we use in training. Uh, the bell team, the B is for a, a banker. Uh, the A is for an accountant. I is for an insurance agency, because even if you get the best legal advice, insurance or whatever, I mean, accounting, you still probably want some insurance, uh, just like when you're driving around in your car. And the L is for a lawyer. Get, get you a good bell team. You know, I think that, that I would, you know, that's what we use. I always say that, you know, have a good mentor because, um, you know, when you, when you think about it, we didn't, none of us really got here on our own. You know, we had sure. somebody who helped us and someone who's actually done it. Um, you can't beat that, uh, having that type of advice. So I always tell people, you know, it's okay to have a mentor. And again, we have a, a growing score chapter of mentors and they actually do business plans too. But sometimes you need someone to kind of kick it around, you know, with and say, hey, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling like maybe I should try this. And we, we mentor people, too. Don't get me wrong when they come to our office. But but we have so much going on. So we have people who are volunteer who, who, who actually do that. And the SBDC uh, will help you take that thought to a to a to fruition in terms of a plan, 
or to maybe uh, it could be inventory controls or lean type of uh, work that you're doing. Uh, they have they have a lot of skills there. And uh, and and the other another resource that's really great here uh, is to utilize the the uh, Texas Tech. Uh, hub Center. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with, with yes, that? Yes, it's great. It's really innovation, yes, innovative it hub, innovation hub. And uh, I mean, Kim Graham does an excellent job over there. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have an idea and you want to take it uh, to, to, to move forward with it, I think that would be a great place to go and talk to some of those folks. They have people coming in from Silicon Valley who are former Red Raiders even. And um, I, I was fortunate enough to serve on a uh, judging panel. Uh, and, and it, it was, it was phenomenal. I felt like I was truly on a shark tank. I just didn't have the money, but I did have some good thoughts. About yeah, I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> good questions. You know, they should have paid you for your thoughts. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I love that you just, your last piece of advice was to, to find a good mentor. So that segues perfectly into my last question, Calvin. And this one really is for me personally. Um, so I'm right in the thick of raising a son. And I know that he's watching and he's listening and he's observing everything that I do and all that I say. So I'm wondering, um, your mother, Nancy Randolph Davis, was an exceptional woman. And I just read an article this morning on the Oklahoma State University website where she's called a civil rights pioneer. And so I'm wondering, as the son of the first African-American student to attend then Oklahoma A&M College, what did you learn from your incredible mother that's helped to shape you into the person that you are today? Well, thank you uh, for asking me that question um, because, you know, this, this means a lot. I've been asked that a lot. This is, uh, happens to be African-American History Month or Black mm-hmm. History Month. And uh, one of the things that, that people always ask, well, what was your mother like? She was, she was full of love and love of everybody. And I think that she would not have gotten through this if she didn't love people and follow God. She was a strong woman of, of, of Christ. And I remember um, going on marches uh, as a kid, even, even, uh, I mean, not even too very long ago, um, things were, things weren't quite equal, uh, equitable in, in places. And, and um, I remember as a young child going on, on, a, on a walk to, to, uh, for, for a park, it was not even, <laughs> you know, you would think still in that day and age that they, they had segregation, they didn't open up a park. And I remember I was so young and didn't understand totally what was going on until later that I said, you know, those kids didn't get a chance to ride the roller coaster and mm-hmm. do the things that we did, you know, and, and, but yet they did because of these marches. But ultimately my mother believed in encouraging people. And I try to carry that on the love and encouragement because if, if one thing that I can do, it doesn't cost a thing is to try to uplift the next person or help the next organization and certainly to leave uh, an entity, a person better off than when I first encountered them. And she always was that way. People, that's why people still love her. That's why just, just a few months ago, two other buildings were named after her on on the campus. There was a statue last year. She had a dorm named after her. So she has at Oklahoma State University. So obviously people felt something from her and that, that something was love and encouragement. And, and that's what I try to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I appreciate you sharing that with me and sharing that with our listeners, because I can tell you that I, 
I certainly feel like the people that have listened in on this podcast have felt that from you today, and they feel that um, in the work that you're doing through the SBA. And I so appreciate you taking the time to pass on your knowledge and your resources to our small business owners that are listening here today and my team that's with me here, Calvin. So thank you. It was an honor to have you here today. Thank you for being here. It was my honor. And can I just share our phone number, um, 806-472-7462. That's our office number. We're kind of that that middle triage group to try to make sure you get what you need. And uh, my staff came up with a, uh, a motto uh, for us, and that is to try to provide world-class service every day to our customers and clients. We, tr- we try to do that. What if everybody, what if every business had that same <laughs> motto? You think about it. <laughs> It'd be a better place. Well, I have an awesome staff. So yeah, I, the only yeah. thing I can say is that I'm just blessed to have an amazingly great staff. Yeah. And, uh, and great people to work around. I mean, you know, right, even here, yes, right? I mean, I'm yeah. just feeling your love too, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> Lots of love all around on the yes. podcast today. Thank you so much, Calvin. Calvin's Thank given you. us a lot of great information and resources in our conversation today. And we'll include all of the links that he mentioned, including the SBA website, as well as links for how to find the Small Business Development Centers near you in the notes from this episode on our website at spiritofwesttexaspodcast.com. Calvin, thank you for being here today. It was a pleasure having you. Thanks for having me. Well, I have to say, I mean, yeah, this is this is probably one of my favorite interviews we've had so far. Uh, yes, especially in the small business arena. This is just info uh, as a small business you just have to have, right. and without knowing about Calvin and uh, his team and their resources, you're just missing out. I know. I mean, plain and simple, right? I mean, right. I know. And coming from someone that I mean, it's such a reliable resource. Oh, man. I mean, he just knows so much. He's a wealth of knowledge. Um, I mean, I told listeners at the beginning of the podcast to get their pen and paper out to take notes, to be ready to take notes. And I could not take notes fast enough, Jared. Oh, so I neither. hope you had your pen and p- pencil out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the, the front and back of several sheets of paper yeah. here that I took notes on. And uh, I definitely did not grab everything. So I'm looking forward to the show notes in this one. Yeah. Yes. You and I have talked about this quite a bit, uh, about kind of what the, the idea of the podcast is and yes. the spirit of West Texas. and the small business is really the lifeblood of Lubbock and West Texas, you know, I right. think both you, you and I both agree on that. And if that is the case, I think that Calvin is the lifeblood to, you know, small businesses. He and, is, and yes. And really the SBA, really his oh, whole team. Absolutely. He talked about the, team, yeah. the strength of his team at the SBA. And, um, you know, I really loved hearing him say that entrepreneurs all over West Texas are coming in and they are looking for help. They have ideas. They're ready to go. I mean, the pandemic has not slowed them down. If anything, um, it's caused an uptick in innovation. And so I think that gives me a lot of hope um, that, that, that there are people out there that feel confident enough to be um, putting their plans into action and, and to be seeking help from the SBA. And it makes me, um, feel hopeful after a year of, of, um, heartache. Yeah, it's 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 nice to know that after all the chaos that has kind of come out over out over this last year, uh, that there is a light sure. at the end of the tunnel where we might see some new businesses kind of poke their head out of uh, of the chaos. And I'm looking forward to seeing what those might be. You know, so it's uh, it's really perfect timing to have Calvin here with us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I loved he when he talked about um, and shared his acronym for Plan. Yeah. Um, so so smart and so practical. And we'll definitely have um, that information for you available in the episode notes on the website. But Plan, you know, pen to paper. 
whatever. Listen, learn, lay the groundwork, act, and never give up. I mean, um, I think for any small business owner that's listening to this podcast, and even for me personally, and some of the things that I think about doing, even with my family and my own personal life, I mean, he's so right. Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And that information is, is helpful and beneficial no matter who you are, I would say. And also, I mean... <laughs> He's just a great dresser. <laughs> I mean, he just looks nice, right? Yeah. yeah, I definitely need to find out where that guy shops. I know, I know. It was an honor to have him here. So um, for those of you listening in, we've said this several times before, but um, Calvin was a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of, wealth of information. And um, we're going to have all of those resources together in one tight little package for you that you can find um, in the episode notes on our landing page for the podcast, spiritofwesttexaspodcast.com. Thank you all for being here with us today. We'll catch you next time.